Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test based in Annapolis, Maryland. Reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Hello, and welcome back to the CLT offices. We're glad you're here. Today, we're joined by Dr. Dan Peterson. Dr. Peterson serves as the head of school at Regent School of Austin. He received his Master of Divinity degree in theology from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. If this is your first time listening to us, I'd like to take a little bit of time to explain what Anchored is. This is a podcast where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on issues at the intersection of education and culture. We appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. For more information on CLT's mission and details about upcoming test dates, head to www.cltexam.com slash get started. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the conversation. Welcome back to the Anchored Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. I'm here today with Dr. Dan Peterson, the head of school at Regents in Austin, which is certainly one of the most beautiful, uh, certainly one of the most influential classical Christian schools in the country. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Jeremy. It's a delight to join you today. Uh, Dan, love to start off and hear a bit about your uh, own academic background. What was school like for you growing up? And uh, when did you discover the world of classical Christian education? Well, I would I would describe my educational experience uh, in in a public arena. Uh, certainly, K to twelve, uh, I was kind of one of those kids that just kind of laid low and did my job. But I, I I did not have a passion for necessarily what I was learning, and went on to a uh, liberal arts college for undergraduate, and really enjoyed my time there. I ended up playing soccer at that school, uh, and then went on to uh, go to seminary where I started really being interested in the classics with the background uh, at the seminary level and studying church history and beginning to be exposed to a plethora of great uh, works, but also amazing authors. Uh, And then kind of my professional journey uh, threw me into working at a school at a very young age at the late, I was probably 28 when I got my first school administrative job, which is way too young. I don't know what the board was thinking at that time, but Anyways, I got that position and uh, and they had a classical influence. So I started looking into classical education. And when I started really understanding the ins and outs of, of classical uh, Christian education, I my mind was blown, just to be frank. Mm. It was one of those things where I was like, where have where where is all this, where has this been all my life? And so the, the last 16 years, I have really been trying to give forth to the next generation something that I did not receive. And I'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that later as we get into Regents. But my my journey was really, I kind of fumbled into not only classical education, but also working in the classical Christian movement. But I can't think of a, a, a better vehicle for uh, mm-hmm. to teach students uh, to know what is true, good, and beautiful, to be able to, to lead breadcrumbs of curiosity that will ultimately lead them to that, which is capital T true, capital G good and capital B beautiful, which is God almighty, uh, then, then classical Christian education and, and just studying the classics, all the things that come up through, through the, the beautiful works that we study, 
the integrative aspects of it that, that uh, allow things to come to life throughout, uh, whether you're studying science or art or chemistry, you know, there's just amazing integrate, integrative opportunities throughout uh, the curriculum uh, experience for students and teachers to expose mm-hmm. them to. But that's kind of that's kind of it in a nutshell. And I, I just I can't think of anything more important than to be a teacher in this movement to be able to impact eternity each and every day. You just never know when, when you're going to say something that's going to bring a light bulb to the students uh, heart and mind. Yep. And one thing I say a lot here is that we are not about preparing. We're not a college prep program. I, I get really frustrated when I hear that kind of language. We, <laughs> we are a life preparation yeah. And that life prep is the, the life here and the life eternal. And so we do want to prepare them for college. We want to get them ready for the next step. But if that's the scope of our preparation, then that is a, that's myopia and not mm. what I want to be about as a, as a Christian educational leader. Dan, I'm wondering if you can relate to this. I went to Reform Theological Seminary myself, and we never took a class on education, but it, it struck me. And I, I had already taught for three years in the public school system before I went to seminary. It struck me that like every generation before us uh, was doing something fundamentally different in education than what we were doing. What they were primarily after was was moral formation, the cultivation of virtue. Um, they would call education formation, you know, young men and women being sent off to formation. Uh, when you think about your, your seminary days, did that plant some seeds that made classical education so appealing? Yeah, definitely. I, I think, again, I was kind of my, my, my horizons were broadened in the sense of understanding what what education, the telos of it, uh, became mm-hmm. a completely different uh, mindset. And because your telos is different than just preparing me uh, for that next thing, you know, there was this amazing thing that happened at University of Chicago between Mortimer Adler, uh, who was a classicist. He was a part of the perennial um, mindset. Uh, and then John Dewey, this this ultimate collision happened at University of Chicago in the the earlier part of the 20th century, 20s and I think 30s, 1920s and 30s. And uh, essentially, Mortimer Adler's group won out, but Dewey won in the public square, which set off this total mm. trajectory of progressivism, uh, pragmatic based in pragmatic thought that that we should be cogs in the will of society. And so education became completely different. I mean, you think about it today; it's why we have various schools in universities uh university is meaning it's the concept is one and so at some point there was this fracturing of what education was originally designed for in uh this country and we i got that experience it was a very compartmentalized education and so seminary Mm -hmm. really helped me begin to understand that the true telos of what education was for which you just alluded to it's formation it's spiritual formation it's holistic formation of the entire person towards a specific end and goal. Hmm. Dan, let's talk about uh, the Regent School of Austin. Regents, uh, along with schools like the Veritas School in Richmond, Covenant Classical, uh, Geneva School in Florida. Uh, these are, are schools that are kind of flagship schools uh, where new schools looking to, to launch, they come and they tour and, and it helps to crystallize this vision for what classical Christian education can be. Uh, tell us a bit about the history of the Regent School of Austin. Well, we we just are about to uh, uh, exercise commencement tonight, and I'm so thrilled. We have 81 graduates tonight. Uh, we are completing our 30th year providing classical Christian education to uh, students in the Austin area. 
We began in 1992, and uh, God has been so gracious with uh, with a land, uh, 82 acres of land that that has become a just a symbol of uh, beauty. Here, we have been mm. uh, tremendously blessed with donors who have provided that land, and then also facilities. Uh, we have a grammar logic rhetoric K to 12 program with over a thousand students now. And I am so excited tonight. We will graduate our 1000th student wow. uh, at Regent School of Austin. So we'll have that many alumni. And what's really neat, Jeremy, is in our current kindergarten class, we'll have our next, uh, we'll get to the 2000 mark with our current kinder class. So that cycle hmm. starts to churn. And so I mentioned earlier to you about we're delivering something that we did not necessarily receive. But now we're, we're kind of on this, uh, this inflection point as a, as, a, as a school, but also as a classical Christian movement of yeah. starting to hire our graduates, beginning to receive our graduates as parents. Mm. And so it's, it's like a good wine that j- just gets better and better over time. It, it is going to get better. And uh, the next generation will be delivering something that they received, which I get so excited to be, be in a front row seat. And so we do have the opportunity to host schools. Uh, I always tell them, go, go apply what you see here to your own zip code. Uh, you're not mm-hmm. going to, uh, you're not going to be drinking wine and, and being cowboy boots for your fundraisers like we do around here. Uh, but but yeah. other, in other settings, they're going to do it differently, but I'm so, I'm so thankful for mm-hmm. the movement uh, because I think we are, it, it's obviously growing and has a lot of momentum. And I think for us right now at this juncture of our history, we're, we're wanting to be a thought leader and really give back and, and really cultivate what that next 20, 30 years looks like, not only here on our campus, but beyond. Dan, that's beautiful. How many, how many Regents graduates do you currently employ? Uh, let's see. That's a great question. I think eight. Oh, that's fantastic. That's beautiful. Uh, and I have to tell you just a word of just personal praise and gratitude. I think we met for the first time back in maybe 2019 uh, I was hoping to just shake your hand as the Tate family was doing a road trip from Maryland to the Grand Canyon. And uh, you invited our whole family out to barbecue at the Peterson house and got to know uh, your kids and and was just so impressed with with your integrity. Uh, you're truly one of the most genuine Christian men that I know. And I'm so glad to have somebody like you in this very important seat of leading the school, uh, the Regent School of Austin. Uh, but that that kind of raises this question, you know, as these the classical Christian movement is growing so quickly, there's a real need uh, for leadership for heads of school like yourself, and it's a young movement. Um, are you optimistic that we're going to be able to continue filling uh, important leadership seats like like at the Regent School of Austin? I think so. I, you know, just, uh, just this year, our current head of logic is being launched to go serve as a head of school in the Fort Worth area. Uh, we're, we're, so, we're so thrilled. I mean, it's, change is hard for any institution, but the idea that we can sow seeds and cultivate uh, and, and grow leaders in our midst that can not only build our bench, but we can be a sending institution. I can't think of anything greater to have uh, influential uh, a tsunami to, to kind of grow this movement. Uh, in fact, we as, a, as an institution are committing resources uh, next year. We're, we're beginning to think through and scaffold what it would look like for us to bring uh, begin a residency program. So we essentially are going to bring uh, future uh, young classical people that are interested in, in serving in the classical movement to our campus to train them for a year, let them breathe the air we, we do, uh, have mm. an academic component, and then we hopefully will send them. Uh, so I think there's tremendous opportunity for leadership development and formation. Uh, but some of that's just happening on our campuses, and, and that will continue to grow. And 
I hope at one point, you know, when, when I, my time's done, I, I look forward to the day to see a Regent School of Austin grad sitting in the seat I sit in now as head of school. That'd be thrilling for me mm. to see in my lifetime. Dan, let's uh, talk CLT if we can for a moment. Uh, my my hope when we first met was that we could eventually get the Regent School of Austin to start utilizing the CLT, but it went far beyond that. Uh, you took a, a genuine deep interest in the work that we're doing uh, in challenging the college board, uh, the ACT, uh, these these testing establishments that kind of drive cr- uh, academic focus in a powerful way at the secondary level. Um and, and you ended up coming on our board of academic advisors, and you've just been uh, a great friend uh, as we try to grow what we're doing. Uh, can you speak as a head of school uh, about assessment? What, what is it like having assessments that are wildly disconnected from the academic focus at Regents, uh, and, and how can CLT help make a difference there? I am, I am thrilled. I, I feel like I'm uh, tremendous gratitude to you and your team for what, what you are doing. I just feel like a I'm thrilled to be one of the cheerleaders and, and participatory and in, in helping form what CLT has become and is becoming. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be able to sit on a, a group uh, where we get to curate essentially some of the, the great authors that, that get to be placed on the test that you provide for students. And from a practitioner, I, I view myself as both a practitioner and as a leader from a practitioner standpoint to be able to mm-hmm. offer a test to our students that is true, good, and beautiful, that, that it, it, it exposes them and cultivates uh, curiosity within them. I, I can't think of, think of anything better than, than uh, kind of the contrarian view of let's challenge this thing. That's, this is something that's gotten way out mm. of control and it's influenced the hearts and minds. When you take a test, it is influential. Uh, it is training. It is everything we do is building to, to the human being we are and become. And it's creating mm. worldviews that, that I think are destructive to our, our, our culture and society. So I am thrilled about what, what CLT uh, has accomplished so far, but I can't wait to see in the next 10 years how God's going to continue to use it to d- be a disruptor, but also to be an influencer in, in cultivating uh, that the virtue formation we talked about, but also that which is true, good, and beautiful, because uh, it needs to be happening in that space of assessments. And I hope uh, universities will, will catch wind of this because the, mm. they would truly be going back to the roots of why they were originally founded. We have lost our way uh, tremendously in, in our culture and society. And I truly believe uh, CLT and schools like ours and, and at the university level, I think there is this great uprising and movement that that that's almost undeniable at this point. And mm. we, we need to continue to, to bring people uh, at the table that, that can continue to to be disruptors uh, and, and really challenge thought uh, at the highest level uh, so that we can truly uh, impact uh, our culture through uh, the formation of, of young minds and hearts that, that would be great citizens in our, in our culture. Mm-hmm. Dan, I, I appreciate that feedback. I went through the uh, teacher certification and uh, major in, in uh, education at Louisiana State University. And um, I only thought of assessment as uh, an evaluative tool uh, until maybe after seminary and after years in the classroom when I started to realize, wow, these are pedagogical tools. Uh, Tests actually teach students what matters. Uh, And and it means the world uh, to have someone in your seat kind of validate that perspective. So very grateful. I also want to ask you about grades. Uh, Regents being in a leadership position uh, you know, one thing I've seen as a parent uh, is, you know, when schools moved over to these one-to-one devices, grades updating in real time, 
uh, many students, you know, top students hitting refresh multiple times throughout the day as grades come into the system. And, and this obsession about grades and, you know, the history of education, grades are pretty new. And it's a really massive thing to start to try to tackle uh, the influence and the obsession about grades. What are some ways that uh, Regents uh, is trying to temper the, the focus and the obsession with grades uh, so students can be free to learn and delight in, uh, in, in the learning process? Well, I think one of the biggest things we've done is we've resisted the temptation to give parents a continual 24-7 access. Most schools do it nowadays mm. because of technology. Thank you. <laughs> but we, we do not do that. Uh, so we release progress reports uh, every six weeks. And so that's when students and uh, their parents are updated on their progress. And then we obviously, by quarter, release their grades. And then at the high school level, it's by semester and a final grade. So uh, it's a little bit uh, scary, but it also creates uh, this independent factor for the students to, to really take ownership of their learning initiative. Uh, we, we, we go, we start in kinder, obviously, and they're highly, highly dependent. And we're moving them through the, the system and they become highly independent as 12th graders. But that, I think that's been a real hmm. good thing. It hasn't come without some challenges. People want that and desire that, but we've kind of stated our philosophy and that's become a very convictional uh, place of which we stand. Um, you know, and I think that, I think that's an important, valuable thing because grades are uh, an assessment, but, but we're really more about the, the, the progress of the individual. And so sometimes mm-hmm. the greatest thing for an individual is to get a really bad grade. Uh, that, that's a, uh, we we like to talk about the freedom to fail, especially in our middle school. That that, that, that there's not an overreaction to a kid that gets a bad grade, uh, because sometimes the best way to learn is by failing. And mm. I've I've experienced that in my own life. I'm sure you you've had experiences in, in your own life on that, Jeremy. But uh, that's a, that's a valuable part of who we are. And I'm glad you talk about assessment. I'm glad you asked about that because we we view assessments as tools, but they are not. Uh, uh, the ultimate curriculum. I, I can't think of a better curriculum that we can give our students in the living curriculum of the teachers. Hmm. But oftentimes our mindset is uh, curriculum, assessments, uh, all these things, books, all these things are, are the actual, uh, the race that we're running in the educational endeavor. But the reality is that, that, that teacher, that tutor, that professor in, in front of a classroom is the greatest incarnational curriculum that you can give a student hmm. to, to model their lives after. Uh, Dan, final question before we get on to the final, final question about your, your favorite book. Um, I want to talk about beauty at the Regent School of Austin. Uh, of course, you architecturally, it's one of the most beautiful classical Christian schools in the country. Many of these schools are new and, and have a 10 or 20 year goal of, of building a beautiful property like at Regents. But um, how do students from the architecture to worship? How do students at Regents encounter the beautiful? I think it sets a tone. You know, you know, we are uh, beings that that uh, have the opportunity to uh, to be sensical in our in environment. I love the book of First John. It talks. He opens that. Uh, John opens that uh, epistle, talking about that which we've heard, that which we've seen and looked at with our eyes. He's talking about Jesus Christ mm. in that in that text. But the idea is that there's a sensical component to who we are as species, as beings. And, and I think the learning uh, endeavor is a valuable to think about it from all the senses. And so when we see something beautiful, it draws us in and it sets a tone. And I think that 
the way we design our schools is very important. Obviously, we have to do it in a in an economically uh, uh, responsible way. But don't I would encourage others out there don't sell yourself short. Uh, you know, go after that. If we're truly trying to build something great with our curriculum, it should show up in the way we build our buildings, and hmm. and and the aesthetic component, the beauty of what we build, it, it speaks to who we are as a school uh, community. But it also will set a tone for that day in and day out learning that the students will will experience. It's fantastic. I, I like to to draw the comparison between Oxford, which for centuries was the center of learning in the English-speaking world, and compare that to the U.S. Department of Education, perhaps the ugliest building uh, in, in D.C. Uh, yeah, I love, your, I love your Twitter. Yeah, your Twitters, <laughs> your tweets it's are a awesome. Bad habit. It's a bad habit. I love it. Um, I love it. Uh, Dan, I'm, I'm curious as a friend and as a leader, uh, you actually gave me one book recommendation already when we went running one time uh, in, in Austin. Uh, you recommended Leadership and Self-Deception, which had a, a big impact on me. Uh, but I'm wondering, uh, maybe from the classical tradition, uh, a book that has been formative for you that you go back to. I think all of our anchor listeners know, for me, it's always orthodoxy. I read it every year. Uh, is there a book like that that you go to that's kind of kind of therapeutic, uh, part of your yearly annual routine? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say it's an annual book. that I, I, if, I, if I may present two, two options for you uh, that, that have been very formative for me. I wanted just on a, on a spiritual aspect is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Uh, in the screw tape letters, those have both uh, been formative in different areas. One on the apologetic component of thinking about uh, just the Christian worldview and, and who Christ is, and then the other, the screw tape letters, just seeing how the ways that evil can can be savvy in attacking uh, mm. and and being active in the cosmos. Um, but I, one that we are really kind of deep diving right now on is the Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Uh, what a fantastic book that is. And, and I've been asking around to different classical uh, schools uh, recently in the last few months. And, and it's funny because we're, there, there's not a lot of schools that are involving that in their curriculum. And so we're looking at doing that. We're reading it as a faculty and staff this summer. And so we'll, we'll seek to inculcate that uh, throughout the school year. But I, I can't think, I mean, to, to see uh, the journey of, of of young Christian, all and and it almost brings that mere Christianity and that the screw tape letters into a, a one book with with uh, Bunyan's work, The Pilgrim's Progress, that I just think is fantastic, and it's one that I would encourage every mm. you know older adolescent to read as they begin to understand sin and their capacity to crave for something and, and long for for something that's not uh, their current home. You know, we're all mm. sojourners in this life, and and this is a temporary home for us. And we live in the already but not yet aspect of our salvation. And so uh, the idea of hope that there's something out there beyond us that is for us, that awaits us, uh, I can't think of anything better than, than uh, when, when I think about formative uh, formation of virtue, but also pursuing that which is true, good, and beautiful mm-hmm. in the program's progress. Dan, that's great. Uh, huge congratulations to you and your staff, uh, the entire Regents of Austin community, as you graduate your 1,000 student tonight. Uh, Very excited. Thanks for being with us during a very busy time. Uh, We look forward to seeing you at some of the great uh, classical conferences this summer. Great. Thanks, Jeremy. Good to to visit with you and blessings uh, with the team at CLT. Really proud of you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.